Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to take a break from our Holy Spirit series, and we are going to talk again about the greatest event in human history, the resurrection of Christ. Um, this is an amazing, amazing thing, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the, the dangers that I see in the Christian world uh, among God's grandchildren, do you, do you know that, that there's only children of God, there aren't grandchildren of God? So I use that kind of tongue-in-cheek. God's grandchildren, the people that grew up, you know, like this big, going to church and that sort of thing. And hallelujah for bringing kids to church. Amen? Amen. Amen. But I grew up outside of church, assuming that, you know, when you die, you're dead, and that's just the way it goes. And so when I came to realize the power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that I could have eternal life, It was a shaking, amazing, incredible thing to realize. And I think there's a danger for God's grandchildren that they not realize the significance of the resurrection. That it just gets taken for granted. That it's just another thing that we know. And you know, you get to dress up like a peep, uh, you know, and then that's, that's all. And that's what Easter's all about. But you know what? There's a great, great, incredible, significant thing that we are celebrating, the resurrection of Christ and the promise of eternal life. See, I always, I always, ruin, I always ruin that like moment with a joke. Why would I do that? You know? Come on. It's just, I, I know, well, that was my intention, and then that's funny, which is good. Um, Always oh, breaking character. Oh, well, what are you going to do? All right. So here, we don't want to take that magnificent promise for granted, right? We don't want to lose our thankfulness and amazement at the great gift of God. We want to keep that. We want to hold on to that. We want to know that it is a miracle that we get to live in the first place. And that it is a profound miracle that we've been offered access to eternal life. Oh man, what if the medical researchers could find a pill that would give you 50 years longer of life in your prime? How much would that prescription cost? How about eternal life? Oh man, oh man, that's a big deal. We cannot take the resurrection of Christ, the gift of eternal life for granted, and we also can't assume that eternal life is an easy thing and everybody receives it. Jesus actually said something quite different from that. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, this is in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking to the crowds and He's trying to set them straight on a lot of different things. And He says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Does that sound good? No, that sounds bad. What Jesus is saying is most people, the majority of people, end up destroyed because they don't find the way. Verse 14 says, But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, 
and only a few find it. How many people have access to eternal life? Every single human being on the planet. Doesn't matter what nationality, what uh, economic status, what religious upbringing. It doesn't matter. Every human being on the planet has access to eternal life. But only a few will find it. That's tragic. That's tragic. I want to never take for granted the gift of God. But I want to grab hold of it. And that's why we celebrate today. Because we have access to the gift of God. And I know who I want to be. I want to be someone who grabs hold of the promises of God and never lets go. Amen? Amen. We're going to talk about Peter. We saw in the video Peter's... uh, reinstatement, his reconciliation with Christ after his denials and then the the resurrection of Jesus. We saw that. The thing I like about Peter, the great apostle, the uh, incredible human being, I'm looking forward to meeting him. But Peter had a very complicated relationship with Jesus. And I think that's similar to most of us, right? We have a complicated relationship with Jesus. The thing about Peter's relationship with Jesus is it was also very public. It was very visible. He did his mistakes out loud in front of everybody. You know, when I make my mistakes, I tend to make them quietly inside my heart while I'm, you know, sitting still like a good Scandinavian. You know, it's, it's all on the inside, but I'm not going to let it show on the outside. Peter, on the other hand, he would just jump out and do whatever was crossing his mind. You know, he was one of those, you know, ready, fire, aim type of guys. You know, he just had things maybe in a little bit the wrong order. So we're going to look at Peter and a specific event in time. And we'll look at the different phases of his relationship and the disciples' relationship with Jesus through this situation, and then I want us to look at ourselves and see where are we at in our relationship with Jesus. Now, this was after the disciples had decided to follow Christ. They had decided, okay, I'm going to repent and follow Jesus. I'm going to give up my my earthly pursuits and, and my sin and all these other things that are not of God. I'm going to let go of my life and follow Christ. And they were doing that But you know, when you do that, there are still lots of different places we can be with Jesus after we have decided to follow Christ. And we can have a complicated relationship with the Lord. And so I'm going to read the account of Peter walking on water. Do you know Peter walked on water? Jesus walked on water. He gets most of the press for that. But Peter did too. An amazing thing. And so we're going to read that account. Let me set the stage for you. They had been uh, doing ministry. I mean, they'd do church and it would just keep going all day. You know, uh, they would they'd have prayer times. People would get healed and there'd be incredible miracles. So people just kept coming and that would happen all day. And then they'd ask questions. So Jesus would teach for a while and then they'd pray some more and they'd see more miracles. And then somebody else would ask a question or Jesus would know they need to hear this. So they'd preach. They'd just do church all day long. Amazing. And so they're doing that. 
John the Baptist gets beheaded. They're kind of, you know, that's a real rough day. And so they go to, Jesus says, you know what, we need a vacation. We need to get away for a while. So they do that, but the crowds figure out where they're going. So the congregation shows up first and they got to have church all day again when they're trying to get away. Sometimes you just need a mental health day. They needed that, but they had church all day anyway. So how's that feel? Then Jesus is like, you guys really need to get away. So you guys leave. I'll stay here. Deal with the crowd. They won't chase you. I'll get rid of the crowd. And, and that's where we pick it up. So they're already tired. Here we go. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, so this is about between 3 and 6 a.m. This is late. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out His hand and caught him. You of little faith, He said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. An amazing series of things happened. Let's look at, I've got six different places we can be in our relationship with Christ. From this, there are of course other places we can be. But let's look at these six this morning. The first is toiling. Toiling. So, if you remember, they'd been very busy. They were supposed to go on vacation, but got called into work anyway. So now, they're rowing away from work. In, you know, before evening, Jesus sends them out. They probably just fed the 5,000, and and now they're going to go row away. And so... They're rowing away into the wind. The sun sets. They're rowing. The wind is blowing. It's 11 p.m. They're rowing. The wind is blowing. It's 1 a.m. They're rowing. And the wind is blowing. And it's 2 a.m. And they're rowing. And the wind is blowing. And they are toiling. When Jesus said, come, I will make you fishers of men, did they think we'd be rowing against the wind all night long? Is that what they, oh great, let me serve the Lord, that'll be awesome. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you've got a repetitive job that you don't like and you're able to just think while you're doing it? What are you thinking? You're thinking things like, I hate this. You know, you're thinking, the guy next to me isn't rowing hard enough. You know? John, come on, you know, like we're, we're going this way, you know, and, and you, you think things like when we get to shore, I am done, you know, those are the sorts of things that you think when you're toiling because you're just fighting the wind 
and you're tired and there's no end in sight. And you're thinking the sun's going to come up on us before we get to the other side because we're not making any progress. And I'm tired. Have you been there in your relationship with Jesus? Toiling. Let's read those verses 20, 22 through 24. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, so it was before evening that they left. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. If you are in that place of toiling, Buffeted by the waves, the wind is against you, you've been going on and on and on and on, and it's no fun anymore. Don't lose heart. Here's a verse for you, 1 Corinthians 15.58 Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Why would this verse need to be written? Because there are times where you will think your labor in the Lord is in vain. It's accomplishing nothing. We're rowing against the wind. We're at the same place we were at 1 a.m. and now it's 2.30 a.m. and I don't think we're ever going to get to the other side. And you think it's in vain because you're toiling. It's not. Be encouraged. Stand firm, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. They toiled, and then Jesus showed up, and they went from toiling to confused and afraid. Verses 25 through 27. So they were toiling, but then they went to the phase of being confused and afraid. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw Him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. They were confused and afraid. Even though the solution to their toil had just shown up. Even though the Holy One of God, the Alpha and the Omega, had just come into the picture. They were not relieved. They were not filled with faith. They were not excited about what was going on. They were confused and afraid. This is a place where so many of us end up because the answer that God has provided is right here. But we don't see it. We don't understand it. We are confused as to what's going on and we're afraid. Have you been there? I had a dream one time that I was in a cage and I was trying to break out of the cage and I was pounding on the bars trying to get out and shaking it and fighting. And then I realized that the door was on that wall and it was open. And I thought, I can just walk out. But I didn't realize it. I was fighting the wrong fight. The disciples think Jesus is a ghost. There's a, there's a bad spirit walking on the water. It's Jesus. They're confused. 
and they're afraid. Here's a verse for you if you are in that place. Mark 11.24. Mark 11.24. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So many times the answer is there just for the taking, but we have to believe and we have to receive. Do you want your marriage to be restored? The answer is in here, but you have to believe and receive. Do you want to conquer depression and fear? You have to believe and receive because God's answer is right next to you, but you have to believe it and receive it. Go from confusion and fear to faith. And by faith, grab hold of the promises of God. Amen? Getting, that's a big one. That's a big one. That's worth coming to church on Easter Sunday. They went from confused and afraid to Peter trusting and stepping out. Now we're getting somewhere, right? Peter trusts and steps out. Let's read those verses. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Now what if Peter had gotten out of the boat an hour before that? He'd have sank, right? He, he had no promise from God to believe. But Jesus said, come. And so he could trust that promise. Don't just go on your own. Don't just step out of the boat on your own. You're going to sink. I mean, you're not even going to walk for a while. You're just going to go right down. Stand on a promise. You need a promise from God in the Scripture, or you need a revelation from God in your heart. You have to believe the Lord, not just decide to get out of the boat. But Peter hears from Jesus, come. So, one word. So Peter gets out of the boat, starts walking on the water. Amen. I wonder what that felt like. You know what I mean? Like, what would that have been like? I had a waterbed years ago. You know, I had a waterbed and a non-declawed cat. So... Just, it was not a bad day. You know, that, those days can be rough. But anyway, it's some, you know, you walk on the waterbed, you don't sink, but it's not like it's solid either. You know, you kind of, you know, that's fun to jump on the waterbed, you know, and all that sort of thing. And I wonder if it felt like that. You know, if it was not quite sure, but he's up. What did it feel like? What did it look like from the other guys in the boat? You know? They're like, Peter, what a goofball. Can't believe he's, oh, he's walking on the water. You know, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe it. You know, like Peter gets out and he's walking on the water. The guys are like, wow. Believing and stepping out. That sounds good, doesn't it? Come on. Here's the verse for that, for that moment in time, because Peter was winning. He was walking on the water. Romans 8, 37 says, the context of this is difficulties. 
hard things. You've been rowing all night. The wind is blowing. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We have power to grab the victory. To step out. To have faith. And to see mighty amazing things happen. Peter walked on the water. Of these different places our relationship with Jesus can be, trusting and stepping out seems to be the one that lasted for the shortest period of time. The toiling was hours and hours. The trusting and stepping out was, I don't know, four or five seconds? How many steps did he take? I don't know. But it didn't go on and on and on. It was short. Then what happened? Sinking. (laughs) Trusting and stepping out is a place we can be in our relationship with Jesus. But then, usually, after that, comes a time of sinking. Have you ever trusted and stepped out? And then everything worked perfect from then on? I've never seen that happen in my entire Christian life. I've seen people grab the victory, but I've also seen people have to fight through the sinking. So after the trusting and stepping out came the sinking. Let's look at that, verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Now, I would have expected Peter's faith to be built and strengthened as he walked on the water. That's why I wonder what it felt like. You know, was it was it was he tippy? You know, were, was it hard to stand on the waves? How what did it feel like? Have you ever trusted God and stepped out? It feels insecure, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like. Boom, I'm on, you know, I'm, I'm good, nothing bad can happen. You feel like, oh, maybe I'm doing this wrong, or oh, you know, uh, is it going to work tomorrow? And, you know, and you have all these fears and doubts, and that's what was going on with Peter. And he saw the wind, and he's like, oh no, <laughs> I'm away from the boat. I'm out here. And he starts to sink. Hallelujah for this simple fact. He knew where to turn. He says, Lord, save me. So many times people trust and step out, start to sink, and then they get mad at Jesus. Like, do one of those. What happens then? You keep sinking. Hey, I stepped out. I trusted you. And now I'm going through this difficulty. And they sink and bloop. And then they're just, you know, Giving Jesus what for as I go to the bottom. Lord, save me. If you're in a place where you're sinking, and you know, Peter was sinking into the water. We sink into lots of different things. We can sink into bitterness. We can sink into pride. We can sink into addiction. We can sink into fear. We can sink into distractions and depression and boredom and unforgiveness and hopelessness. And man, we can sink into all kinds of stuff. Blaming others. Here's a verse. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13. 
So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Peter was walking on the water, but he had some trouble. No temptation that sees you except what is common to man. That means, yeah, you're going through something, but other people have too, and God has a plan. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Peter began to sink. Was he just doomed? No. All he needed to do was say, Lord, save me. And there was a way out. There was a rescuer. His rescuer was right there. And so that brings us to the next phase of the relationship between Peter and Jesus. And that is grasping Jesus. I just think of that moment in time where Peter starts to sink and he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus just grabs him. You know, have you ever been in that situation? You're climbing a hill or you're trying to get up on a onto a boat or whatever it is, and somebody grabs you by the hand and pulls you up. Have you ever been in that spot? And you can feel if the handhold is weak or if it's strong. I just imagine Jesus coming in and just a firm grip and picks Peter back up. Grasping Jesus. That's a good place to be. Grasping Jesus. We make a decision to follow Christ. And that makes us a Christian. But that doesn't mean we don't still need to reach up and grab hold of the hand of Jesus from time to time. Because we can end up sinking. And we need a hand up. So we need to grasp the hand of the Lord. Some verses for that. Romans 10, 11 through 13. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then we see that with Peter. Lord, save me. Bam! Picked him up. Grasping Jesus. The next one, verse 32, is rest. When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Aren't there windy seasons in our walk with Christ? Peter went through all these amazing things. You know, rowing for hours, probably thinking negative thoughts during that time. Being scared and afraid. Who is that? What's going on? Then he gets out of the boat and he sinks and he's rescued. Then they get in the boat and the wind dies down. It's a time of calm, a time of peace, a time of rest. We can be in that place too. A verse for that is Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. And this is not a lie. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, Peter may not have felt that way at 2 a.m. 
But after they got back in the boat and the wind died down, he knew it was true. It's not that every season is easy. We fight our battles. But there are times of rest. There are times of peace. So which of these describes your relationship with Christ the best? Where are you at? Are you at a place where you're toiling? Be encouraged. Your labor is not in vain. Are you confused and afraid? Just trust in Jesus. We don't get to understand everything. I had to get comfortable with that. You know, I want to have an answer to every question. I've gotten comfortable with it. I don't know. Are you trusting and stepping out? Hallelujah. Praise God. It's probably not all going to be easy from then on out. There will be times of sinking where you've got to reach up and grab hold of the Lord Jesus Christ because He'll pick you up. Bring you to a place of rest. Peter followed Jesus out onto the water. And then, Jesus, you know, his ministry came to an end on earth, and Jesus rose from the dead. And Peter followed Jesus into eternal life. Peter saw Jesus walking on water and thought, I wonder if I can get in on that. And Jesus said, sure you can, come on. And he walked on the water. The disciples saw Jesus conquer death. And they thought, I wonder if we can get in on that. And Jesus says, yes, you can get in on that. You can have eternal life. And that's John 3.16. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. We can get in on that. We need to believe We need to receive forgiveness of sins. We need to walk in His ways. We have access to eternal life. This is a communion Sunday, the first Sunday of the month. So we're going to take communion. I want to do communion just a little bit different than we normally do. Uh, What I'm going to do is, I'm going to sing a song. Come on. And... uh, It's a song about Peter. It's given from the perspective of Peter. And it's. It's. You may have heard it before. It's called He's Alive. It's about Peter's experience after the death of Christ. But before he was reinstated and what he was going through. So the ushers are going to hand out the communion elements I want you to go ahead and take communion when you want to. Just go ahead and receive. I, I'm busy, so thanks. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Breaking character again, man. Uh, but go ahead and just spend some time with the elements. Honor God. Remember what Jesus has done. And realize if you're sinking... 
you can grab hold of what he has. I think I can just sing with this microphone. Would that work out okay? Give it a try. Why not? Then I won't mess anything else up. But if you know the chorus, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. I want you to stand up and sing that. So go ahead and, you know, contemplate what Jesus has done. And if you don't want to take communion, don't feel any pressure, but, you know, just kind of pass. But if you want to, we're, we're, you know, whoever wants to take communion is certainly welcome here at Good Hope. Well, this is a, this is a song that talks about Peter's denial of Christ. The one who grabbed him and pulled him up out of the water. He denied even knowing. Because he was confused and afraid again at another time. This is a song about that part of Peter's relationship with Jesus. The gates and doors are barred, all the windows fastened down. I spent the night in sleeplessness and rose at every sound. Half in hopeless sorrow and half in fear the day. Would find the soldiers breaking through to drag us all away. And just before the sunrise, I heard something at the wall. The gate began to rattle, and a voice began to call. So I hurried to the window and looked down into the street, expecting swords and torches and the sound of soldiers' feet. Well, there was no one there but Mary, so I went down to let her in. John stood there beside me as she told us where she'd been. She said they moved him in the night, and none of us knows where. The stone's been rolled away, now his body isn't there. Well, we both ran toward the garden, then John ran on ahead. We found the stone and the empty tomb just the way that Mary said. But the winding sheet they wrapped him in was just an empty shell. And how or where they'd taken him was more than I could tell. Well, something strange had happened there, just what I didn't know. John believed a miracle. But I just turned to go Circumstance and speculation Couldn't lift me very high Cause I'd seen them crucify him And then I watched him die Back inside the house again The guilt and anguish came Cause everything I'd promised him just added to my shame Cause when at last it came to choices I denied I knew his name Even if he was alive It wouldn't be the same Suddenly the air was filled with a strange and sweet perfume a light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room. Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide. 
I fell down on my knees and just clung to him and cried. He raised me to my feet and when I looked into his eyes, love was shining out from him like sunlight from the skies. My guilt and my confusion disappeared in sweet release. Every fear I ever had just melted into peace. Let's stand up. Our Lord is risen. He is alive. He is alive. He is alive. He is alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. Yeah, He is alive. He is alive. He's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You are you are King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm going to invite the prayer team forward. We're going to close just with a short word of prayer. But if you've got a prayer need, we've got the prayer team here ready to pray for you. Wherever you're at, if you need to connect with Jesus for the first time, come and pray. If you feel like you're sinking, come and pray. If you're toiling and you need encouragement, come and pray. So let's close and then I'll open up the front for prayer. Heavenly Father, we honor You, we worship You, we give You praise. You are mighty, strong, glorious, gracious, and loving. Praise You, Lord, for Your grace for Your mercy. And Lord, I pray that Your peace would be upon each one of us. That Your strength would be with us. Lord, that Your light would shine in our hearts so strong that it would overflow into our whole world. Lord, let us be changed by Your power and by Your Spirit. Lord, that we may be more like You and that Your name may be praised in all the nations. Bless us and encourage us, Lord. Help us to just rejoice and celebrate in Your resurrection today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, you're dismissed. Come on down for prayer. Receive prayer today. Otherwise, say hi to somebody you don't know and encourage them in the Lord today.